freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 282 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan. Our theme today is consent of the governed. Mm, and our guest, mark. yeah, and our guest is Dave Cop. Dave is the president of the Arizona Con- Citizens Defense League, which is where grassroots activists take a stand, working at the Arizona legislature to get strong pro-rights bills written and passed into law, while stopping bad bills. We have bad bills. Yes, we have bad bills. <laughs> the, a- the AZCDL is the only Arizona civil liberties organization to get pro-rights bills introduced in every legislative session. Absolutely. Welcome back to the show, Dave I did not. I did not do that as well as I should have because, Dave, you guys do such a great job. <laughs> we need to have neon lights that say, you're the one, you're the, you're the guys that get things done. Thank you for that. Well, uh, you know, we try. So. Um, so how are you guys doing? We Good. are doing awesome. And so much because of the work that the AZCDL is putting in, we are sitting in the studio on Monday, February 8th. And our Arizona legislative uh, calendar has begun. And so it's like rapid fire. Uh, bills being presented, bills being processed, uh, you know, you've got to read these things, figure out where they're hiding anti-gun stuff and respond to them. I don't know how you guys do it. It's a very busy time right now. Um, yeah, part of the problem is because of the way they structured the deadlines at the legislature. Um, like, for example, the last bills can drop up through today. Today is the, the final bill drop deadline. You know, for those who don't understand legislative ease, bill drop is when they take the bill, drop it in the box, it gets a number, and now it's officially a bill. Before that, it's just a draft. Um, so today is the last day they can do that. And then uh, just under two weeks from now, a week from this coming Friday, is the last day they can be heard in their chamber. So House bills in the House, Senate bill in the Senate. So everything moves very quickly at this time of year. So, uh, yeah, basically, we just we have to sit there, you know, as each deadline approaches, we sit there reading through the short titles. and OK, what is this doing? What is that doing? And oh, wait a minute. That looks like it might affect our rights. So then you got to get in there and read the whole bill. And these can be anywhere from half a page up to 50, 60, 70, 80 pages. And so you've got to read the bill and see what's in it. And then we put it on a list. So it's either good bill, bad bill maybe bill and you know we've got our lists at the beginning of the session those lists are close to 300 bills on average 
And then right after next week's deadline, when that first committee hearing passes, if it doesn't get a com committee hearing, it's dead. So that first committee hearing is very important to guys like me because it means my workload just got cut in half. <laughs> so, so what you're saying, Dave, you're not one of those people that say, well, we'll read it after it passes kind of thing <laughs> like some of the uh, people are. And the other thing is they hide stuff in bills too, don't they? They'll oh, yeah. put something about guns in a bill maybe with bakery, whatever. <laughs> I mean, they, they do have ways to hide things. So you have to dig, don't you? Well, we have uh, um, software that does keyword searches and so on and so forth, so, so we can avoid that kind of thing. But we have occasionally missed things. I mean, you know, nobody's yeah. perfect. So, so the, you said you said you they they drop bills. They have so many days to drop bills. I would call that not dropping bills, but maybe putting them in the trash can, right? Because <laughs> that's where they need to go, right? Well, it, the the expression comes from they they literally have a box in the secretary's right. office in, in the House or Senate. There's a box with a slot in it that they drop the draft into. Wow. And so that's why they call it dropping a bill because they drop the bill in the slot. And, and from that point on, it becomes leadership problem and they assign it numbers, assign it to committees, et cetera, et cetera. So, Very good. so do they get more points if the more bills they drop in the box? Mm -hmm. Because like it, it seems like they get an award for, hey, if you guys do 10 bills this week, we're gonna give you a whatever. What are they? Because there's a lot of bills that come through. There's there's a, um, kind of a running joke at the legislature that if you want to lose friends, drop more bills. Yeah. Uh, you know, because every bill has to be considered somehow, whether it's just looked right. at and are we going to assign this to a good committee? Are we going to try to bury it? Are we going to try to move it? Et cetera, et cetera. You know, because leadership controls the flow of everything, yeah. literally. We've been so, here since, uh, when you drop been... 50 bills, you're not making friends. Right. <laughs> Arizona has been a state since 1912, right? Or 14, 1912, right? 1912, February 14th, yes. Right. You know, haven't we been surviving without more new laws? <laughs> Can't we just like do the ones we already have and move on? Apparently most most not. people would be very surprised at how many bills that, that get dropped every year. Every year, on average, 13, 1400 bills are filed, oh. dropped in the house. Of those, probably about 300, 250, 300 get all the way through. And the vast wow. majority of those bills that get through are fairly innocuous, you know, minor changes, uh, renewing you know, agencies, you know, that sunset after 10 years, things like that. Those mm -hmm. are the vast majority. Uh, those like we do, which are controversial, uh, they take a lot of work. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So. So you've kind of given us a, a little bit of a lead up of what happens. So the legislative session opens, people start shoving, I guess, uh, tons of, of bills into this physical box, dropping them. <laughs> then they've got to get sorted out and figured out who is it even going to get, get any airtime on the Senate floor or the, the legislative in the legislative process. And your group, ACCDL, you know, figures out, okay, these ones really impact our lane. We have the lane of the second amendment. And then who weighs in on telling the legislature, we agree with this. We don't agree with this. Is it just your little group or is it actually the citizens of the state of Arizona? I'm leading you up to this to help people understand that 
each, every single, each individual has a responsibility to play a part in this process. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, we do the grunt work, mm -hmm. but it's you guys that make the difference. We'll send out email alerts. And if you're not on our alerts list, please, by all means, www.azcdl.org, O-R-G, go on there, sign up for the alerts. Alerts are free, don't require any membership or anything like that. You don't have to be a member to use them. And when we send out an alert that says, there's a bill in committee that we need to oppose, or there's a bill on the floor that we need to support, that's when you guys get active. And we usually get several thousand folks, that, you know, pipe up and say, hey, you got to work on this. You got to act on this. Uh, the more, the better. Right? You know, if we can make that 10,000 or 20,000 or 50,000, we'd be overjoyed. But it takes a little bit of action. We try to make it as easy as possible, but you still got to do something. Absolutely. And you do make it easy and you don't spam us. I am a lifetime member. Dan's a lifetime member. So in full disclosure, uh, you know, we are as active with uh, the work that the AZCDL does as we possibly can be. And I am thankful when my email dings and I see that it's a, you know, there, there's a, an action alert of some sort because it's a matter of a couple of clicks and I was able to weigh in and, and, you know, not even spill my coffee. I didn't even chip a nail and I was able to weigh in and help protect my rights. And I, I can't imagine what it took to get that infrastructure in play originally. Um, you guys have been in, in Arizona, you've been, uh, you were born, what, 15, 20 years ago? <laughs> uh, yeah, basically. Um, I've been doing this, this is my 17th legislative session, consecutive legislative session. Um, because before we actually formally started, my first session was basically going down there and learning the ropes and figuring out how everything worked. Uh, we officially incorporated in 2005. So that makes this our 16th year of being in business. So, wow. and you know, we are about connecting the government and the citizens, uh, you know, government and the people. It doesn't work unless the people are involved. And so we are all about getting the people involved, making sure it's easy for them, or at least as easy as possible, because sometimes uh, our government doesn't make it that easy, but uh, we try and make it as easy as possible for people to be involved in the process and to keep these guys informed. Hey, these are your legislators. They wanna hear from you. They if do. they don't hear from you, they're doing whatever they want. And so you keeping on them <clears throat> keeps them on the straight and narrow. So Dave, is uh, the, the ones that are anti-gun listening to our emails? <laughs> um, they do their best to ignore it. Um, one, of, one of the joys of the system we use, which is called, uh, or at least used to be called Engage, I think they changed the name recently. Um, one of the joys of the system we use is that it tracks the number of emails sent to each individual legislator. So sometimes these guys from hardcore blue districts that are, that are anti-rights, uh, they'll get on the floor and they'll say, oh, I didn't even get a single email about this. And I'll be looking at my list and say, well, according to my list, you got 60 emails. So, you know, uh, th there's more than a little uh, hyperbole and, and uh, disingenuousness involved at times. But uh, well, they hear it. that. <laughs> well, the, the thing I would think is, you know, I, as, as an individual citizen, I would say, what good does it do for me to send a a note to one of the uh, legislatures that are anti-gun. And I look and I think about it, and I go, well, wait a minute. If they don't hear from me, then they're gonna be stronger on their points. 
Mm-hmm. So, so it is important that we do it no matter who it is. And then the other question I want to ask you is, what does Arizona look like this year as far as uh, anti-gun uh, legislatures? Uh, well, legislators or legislation? Legislators. Tours. Yeah. Um, all the Democrats. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's unfortunate. You know, we, we like to say that this is not a partisan issue and it's not. But the reality is uh, the Democratic Party has kind of turned it into a partisan issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, here in Arizona, and this is not the case everywhere, uh, but unfortunately here in Arizona, there are no pro-gun Democrats in the legislature anymore. They just aren't. You know, there used to be back when I started this game, right? 15, 16, 17 years ago, you'd get rural legislators, rural Democrats who were very hardcore Second Amendment. The last one I can remember before they all disappeared was Barb McGuire from down in Southern Arizona. Uh, and she was a life member. So, yeah, you know, it, 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 it shows that it's not completely a partisan issue, but the hard left has taken over especially here in Arizona. And so they run the caucus now. And there just aren't any Democrats who will vote yes on the program bill. And unless we show our voice, they're going to continue to be that way because that's what they think the people want. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't get part elected. Of it is, exactly. Part of it is, is, you know, who are they hearing from? Uh, Cheryl and I have had the discussion before about the massive red shirts. You know, these people come in and they are, hey, they're loud, they're, they're all look the same. And, you know, and these are a constituency that the legislature needs to appeal to, the soccer moms, the suburban moms. And as far as they, they know, everybody they see that's a suburban soccer mom has got a red Moms Demand Action shirt on. So, gee, that constituency believes X. Right. And so until we change that perception, nothing changes. Right. And we have been kind of voiceless. We have, we've hidden a lot of gun owners don't want to get involved. They want to keep quiet about the guns they own and whatever. So we have to be loud because they're loud. Well, I don't want to get into too much sociology here, but a lot of that has to do with the way the two sides have been moving further apart instead of closer Uh together. And it's unfortunate because now you're starting to see um, signs of, of what they refer to in sociology as othering. You know, those guys are evil. It's not, I disagree with you. Now right. you're a bad guy because you disagree with me. Right. And that has become more and more prevalent. And that is a bad sign. It is. It's a really so, bad sign. That, that's one of the early signs of tyranny. So one other question, do the gun owners get up and move out of state or can, is there hope, uh, Dave? I personally, you know, and, and saying this as somebody who fled New York 25 years ago or 26 years ago now to come to Arizona because of the political environment, uh, there's no more left. I mean, really, honest to God, there's no more left. If we don't save Arizona, if we don't save Texas, we don't save all of these states, there's nowhere left to go. So I, I think we got to, at this point, we've got to stand our ground and fight the battle. Stand our ground fight the battle. Absolutely. Thank you. So, uh, you know, we've called this, uh, titled this episode, Consent of the Governed, question mark. Um, Article 2, Section 2 of the Arizona Constitution states, all political power is inherent in the people, and the governments derive their just powers from the consent of the governs and are established to protect and maintain individual rights. I think there's at least two key issues in, in that one sentence. Are either of them still true? Are, are we are our governments 
derived from the consent of us, the governed? And are they protecting and maintaining our individual rights? Well, it, it always goes back to Acton's maxim. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Uh, they are not going to do the right thing just because. They're going to do the right thing because we tell them to. And look, they work for us and they all know it. The only way they get reelected is if they keep us happy. So if they don't know what we're doing, like it goes back to what we said earlier, they don't know how we're feeling, what we're thinking, then they're just going to do what they do. So it's on us to make sure that they know. And, you know, there's always going to be some folks that, that ignore it. They're legislators who don't pay attention to their constituents. But always. That's, that's always the case. We're all human. We all make mistakes. But the vast majority of them will respond to pressure. If the voters in their district are yelling and screaming, you need to do X. They're going to do X because they want to get reelected. Absolutely. So I'm seeing this. Did you have something to say? It just irritates me because the state of Arizona overall has a very good record of responsible citizens with firearms. Mm -hmm. We don't have an, a bunch of crime that, you know, it looks like we got to do something today. Mm -hmm. Leave it alone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Go after the criminals. Leave us alone. Sorry. Had to say that. No argument here. You know, interesting, one of the things, when I started getting into this when I was a teenager, and this is back in New York, you know, and New York laws are very, very different than they are here. But one of the things that I noticed as I started to get into the debate was the reliance of the, the anti-rights, anti-gun side on each other. And, you know, so when you read research like, you know, NRA stuff, Stephen Halbrook stuff, uh, um, you know, all, all of these Don Cates all, all of these guys who wrote all of this, this research on the subject, and then you look in the footnotes and they're citing, you know, the founding father of this or, you know, Joseph Story or Thomas Jefferson and so on. And so on. Then you look at the other side, the anti-gun guys. And what are they citing? Each other. Yes. Inevitably, they, they just support their own delusion. And so that has never changed. It's never going to change, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, in the, uh, what, 20-something years that I've been involved in this. It's always been the same. Well, we've decided this is a problem, so we're going to create the statistics and create the narrative that supports the fact that it's a problem so we can do something about it. Yeah, yeah. and the something is to pile more and more laws on. Um, I was glancing over some of the, the bills that are being introduced um, and floated this particular session, and, you know, on, on their surface, I mean, they just, they sound like, well, why wouldn't you want that? I'm looking at uh, one that we would consider a bad bill, SB 1535, would make you a felon if a minor can access your firearm. Well, people are like, well, kids shouldn't have guns. Oh, my stars, right? And, and they, that's where their thinking process ends. And instead of going through and realizing that, you know, all of us have this drawer in our kitchen we open it and it's just full of all these sharp instruments that could be used for the wrong thing. They're called knives and nobody freaks out about that. Why? Because we've taught our children from the youngest ages how to interact safely and responsibly around those tools. And we don't have people writing laws like you can become a felon if a minor can access your, you take out the word firearm and write 
kitchen knife, right? Or butcher knife or whatever kind of knife. And it's all about teaching and training the next generation how to interact with their environment. But we put the word fire on, on there and suddenly this law s- somehow sounds like it makes sense to people. How do we fight that? It's hard. You know, a lot of it is misinformation. We are all victims of misinformation. Uh, one of the things as an instructor, I always say, I'd always start the class with, if everything you know about shooting and guns is what you learned on TV, it's all wrong. Time to start over. And so, you know, as somebody who grew up with guns and my grandfather taught me how to shoot when I was eight, which was unusual in New York, but I didn't know that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's a second nature thing to, to act safely and to act responsibly. I taught my kids when they were very young. I started them shooting airsoft when they were five, six years old. Um, they got into real guns by, before they were 10. They actually had their own firearms that they were using. And so, and they are incredibly safe now, very good. So uh, yeah, it's always education. And you know, if we can avoid the misinformation problem, that's a big part of it. How many minors out there minor children have saved a family because of you know a, a invasion a home invasion things like that mm-hmm. or burglary and we hear stories all the time they keep them suppressed mm-hmm. but there are times that it's done where they come in they tie the mom and dad up and the minor kid goes in and gets a gun and takes care of the problem mm-hmm. it's happened mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so it's, it's that's sick well, I, I agree with that. And also, you know, when you go out and you take a hunter safety course, and then the family goes out camping and hunting together, what are we teaching the children? We're not teaching them anything negative or bad. We're teaching them responsibility and follow through and focus and, you know, all of these wonderful things that we want our children to know. Um, and, and then we screw the whole thing up because we, we throw this feel good law out there that people that even if they are pro second amendment, they could be tricked into doing the head bob and saying, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Well, one of the things that I find, and again, goes back to that misinformation aspect and to use your your knife example, a lot of people don't know this because they don't study crime stats, so on and so forth. If you talk to John Lott, who you and I both know, uh, he'll tell you, it's very common for a bad guy who breaks into your house to use a knife in your kitchen drawer to attack you. Right. People don't realize that. It's like they think, oh, well, they just walk around carrying knives and guns. Most of these guys are already felons. They don't want to get right. caught with a weapon. So right. they'll just use what they find. So they bring so, your house, they go to your kitchen, they pull out a knife and they're armed. There you go. So, yeah, so, I mean, those are dangerous, but we've got this whole mentality going on in society now. And this leads to the assault weapons and high capacity magazines and et cetera, et cetera. Some weapons are worse than other weapons. And the whole thing is, it's taken away the responsibility. It's put it on the weapon. Now, what's that bad gun's fault? You know, this kind of gun is okay, but that kind of gun, no, no, no. No, it's the person's fault. And this is what we've lost track of. And that's my example. That's the example I want to use with this. It says here, would make you a felon if a minor can access your firearm. And I want to go there because right now, today, before this law is even passed, if it passes, right now, if I have a gun in my house and I am not responsible with it and a minor gets the gun and commits a crime with it, I am liable for that already. The law is already there. Hmm? If my kid protects me 
and I could still be, I could still become a, a felon because the law says if you have access to a minor, right? So the minor has access. So either way, so right now we already have that law that if I'm irresponsible mm -hmm. and my minor child does something wrong with the gun, I'm responsible for that, mm -hmm. right? Why do we need to make that law? Why is that there? Because it protects, it's just, an, oh, never mind. It's another way to get people yes. funneled into the judicial system and right. on the wrong side of the judici judicial system right. that impacts their livelihood, it impacts their careers, it impacts um, their reputation, it impacts everything uh, because somebody decided to write something that, that felt good rather than actually does good. Right. What do you say about all that, Dave? Well, it's, you know, you've heard the term culture war before, and, and they're not kidding. It really is a culture war. And basically, all of these things are designed so that you won't have a gun culture. Right. That's just the reality of it. it you know, they want to make it as hard as possible to own a gun. They want to make it as hard as possible to shoot a gun. They want to make it as hard as possible to train with guns. And so, you know, anything that they can do to make it difficult to be gun people, that's what they're going to do. And, you know, they can couch it in all the, the language they want, but, oh, we're just trying to stop crime or trying to stop suicide. The reality is they're trying to stop gun owners. So what you're saying is that the legislatures out there that are anti-gun just want to take all of our guns away and not have any guns whatsoever. That's the whole goal, and they're doing it inch by inch. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, you know, everything is incrementalism, and incrementalism works. And you take this from somebody who knows, but, you know, we came into this game 16 years ago now with the, the premise that incrementalism will get us back what we need. And we had a lot of guys argue with us. No, 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 no. You, you have to get it all at once or not at all. It's like, you know what? I'll take 10 yards at a time. Right. I'll move the chains. I'm good with that. And That's how they it's won the, the same thing on the other side. They, they will take one little piece at a time. If it gets them closer to where they want to be, that's fine. They'll take the piece. Right. Absolutely. So, you know, another thing that uh, culturally we're suddenly supposed to be, you know, uh, afraid of is gathering together, right? Like-minded people getting together. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. Where's we're we're on TV. We can't, in fact, impact anybody. But somehow, we're still supposed to be wearing masks. It's the craziest thing. The stuff that that is uh, floated through that we just accept and and take on uh, and agree with is mind boggling to me. But here in Arizona, we have an annual event. It is coming up very soon. It will be on February 20th. It's a beautiful Saturday. I've already checked the weather. It's going to be like mid 70s and sunny and amazing. And we're going to meet together on the lawn of the Arizona State Capitol building to do what? To celebrate and protect our Second Amendment rights. Now, we, we want to call it an event because somehow rallies, oh my goodness, a rally, that could be a, a scary place for people to be, right? Um, but whatever name you want to call it, it is a family-friendly event. It is an event where we, we're going to have food vendors and a P junior Patriot Park for the kids to play in and lots of fun stuff for people to buy and a lineup of speakers that is just the, the top notch of the top notch, including yourself you are going to be one of our speakers this year 
Uh, Dave, why is it important? Even if people want to make it like it's a scary thing that, you know, decent people don't go and meet together at these things called rallies. Why is it important for us to continue to meet together in this way? Human beings are social animals, plain and simple. And founders understood that. They understood that community was very important. Civic virtue was a big thing for the founding fathers. And you can't have a community if you never see each other, if you never talk to each other. You know, getting together face to face and, you know, this kind of stuff is great. Don't get me wrong. But getting together face to face and, you know, shaking hands and breaking bread, that has always been the essence of human contact. And if they can take that away from us, we lost. We already lost. Wow. So, you've got to keep that going. Absolutely. No, I agree with you a thousand percent. And uh, this has always been a, a very family friendly, fun mm -hmm. day. And this year is exactly planned the same way. And I am so excited that uh, you are going to be a speaker and the AZCDL is going to be set up. So it's super easy for people to, you know, learn more about what your organization does and, uh, you know, maybe become members. I mean, mm -hmm. membership is almost free. I mean, you, you have managed to keep the price of membership so affordable, uh, especially with all the work that you have to do. Um, in your organization. So I, I do encourage people, whether they go online right now or whether they show up at the rally to pay a, a, a little visit to your, the booth and, uh, and sign up. Yeah, who, who that's an Arizona citizen and a gun owner wouldn't do that? Lazy people. Well, lazy. No, I say no, that no, out loud? no, no, wait, wait. <laughs> the lazy people are the one that should be signing up first because they're going to help them. They don't have to do anything. The ADCL will do it for them. That's so that's if you're lazy, you're invited. Okay. All you got to do is push a couple buttons, right? I mean, we want them all the lazy. So the, the first words I ever heard you speak, Dave Kopp, was at a gun rights policy conference here in Arizona. You took the microphone and you said, Who I think you asked the question, who here is a you know a gun owner or Arizona citizen? What however you asked it, and you said, uh, and are you members of the AZCDL? And the next question was, and if not, why not? That was so right. impactful for me because at that point, um, I, I was only vaguely aware of the AZCDL, but then, I mean, this goes back several years, but it, it was just one of those little, oh, okay, he's talking to me. He's not just talking to, you know, someone out there. You were talking to me and I, I took care of that immediately and I became a member. I will let you know. And we appreciate it. <laughs> you know, it, it's all about the numbers. I and, mean, you know, it's sad to say, but the reality is that the folks at the legislature will listen to you more if you have more people. And, you know, a, a wise old politician once told me, and this is going back many years, uh, basically, if you have votes or money, you'll get paid attention to. If you have both, you'll get paid more attention to. If you have neither, you'll get paid no attention. And that's about the way it breaks down. And it's unfortunate, you know, that, but that's reality. They want to get reelected. It's always about getting reelected and votes Dave, and money get them reelected. Dave, how many, can you say how many members you have act, right now? Uh, we are over 18,000 now. I'm not exactly sure how much how, over, because I don't keep track of that, but uh, how many gun owners? We're over 18, how many gun owners are in Arizona, do you think? Yeah. A, a law enforcement officer friend of mine once upon a time jokingly said, because we were talking about how many people own guns in Phoenix. 
And I said, I had heard somewhere that probably 60% of Phoenix households have guns in them. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, probably more like 90. <laughs> so, yeah, so we probably have six and a half million people in this state. There's got to be at least four million gun owners. So if there's four million gun owners and come on, guys, wake up, mm-hmm. wake up. It's it's pennies. It's pennies. And they're there for you to help you protect what don't wait till it's all gone because mm-hmm. it's too late. Yeah. Well, and you don't, you don't want to fight for the right when it's gone. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're 18,000. You have members that are not even Arizona residents and that's allowed and that's okay. But then that even makes our number here in the state look even worse. So yes, people out there, please, even if you're not a gun owner, if you value your constitutional rights, this is a group that deserves your, your time, your attention and the few dollars membership uh, takes. And that's the azcdl.org. Dave, just as we start wrapping up, Uh, Over the last 12 months, we have had, not just in Arizona, but across the entire United States, over eight and a half million, probably, that's probably a low number now, because it's been a month or so since I've heard that figure, eight and a half million brand new first time gun owners to take that first huge important step in in becoming a a firearms owner, self-reliant. Uh, taking on self-defense as a mindset, maybe trying hunting for sustainable food source, uh, whatever the case may be. If you had one thing that you could impart to these brand new gun owners, what would it be? Get involved. Mm. Get involved, get trained, be part of the solution. Standing there is, if you're not moving, you're standing still. And, you know, standing there is not an option anymore. Uh, you've got folks running um, the the second major political party that have absolutely no regard for your right to bear arms. You've got folks in the other major political party who have no regard for it either. But thankfully, it's not a, a plank of the platform. So, but and, and you know, I, I get a lot of people say, well, the two party system should go, etc. You know, I don't argue with that. It's absolutely true, but it isn't the way it is. And law number one, and, and anybody who's ever read Saul Alinsky, evil genius that he was, rule number one, accept what is. You can't change what is until you accept what is. Mm-hmm. And so that's the reality we have to deal with. And we have to work within that reality. Absolutely. So I'm not a mathematician. I don't practice one in do TV you, do or you anything. Do you play one on TV? No, no? I don't. Okay. But I, I'm looking at this. And I'm, so Dave, you said that there's probably 90% of the people in Arizona own a firearm. And then we have a legislators that are mostly Democrats that are mostly anti-gun. That doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. If we have ninety percent of the people in Arizona own a firearm, why weren't they backing why? that up with their vote? Because they're lazy, or they're un, uh, uninformed or misinformed, well, as Dave was saying. Right. There's a lot of the whole uh, butter problem that we referred to. Uh, and we've heard this from politicians all the time. I support the Second Amendment, but, but right. as soon as you hear "but," you oh, know no. that everything that follows is no. You really don't support the Second Amendment. But if my figures Don't are right, you? there should be two Democrats in the office right now. <laughs> Out of all of them, there should only be two with ninety percent gun owners. Yeah, but, if, if things were representative. But part of that problem, like I said, is these butters and, and gun owners aren't different as as far as that goes. There's you know, and how you count gun owners changes. I mean, you know, technically the only gun owner in this house is me. 
but everybody in the house shoots. Everybody in the house knows how. So am I the, really the only gun owner or my wife and two kids included? So, you know, realistically, gun owning household is what you're looking for. But there are plenty out there who don't understand that they need to fight. You know, you'll get people who will argue with you. Well, yeah, you know, I support the right to bear arms, but nobody needs an assault weapon. But there's that but again. But, 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 and, and, you know, so you got a lot of people out there making excuses. And I've always said, you hear this from politicians all the time, I own a bunch of guns and, you know, I'm a second amendment. No, I'm sorry. You do not give me, I own a bunch of guns as the reason why you're a supporter of the second amendment. I own a bunch of pens. Does not make me a first amendment guy. That's just reality. Anybody can own a piece of metal. You have to act to be a second amendment supporter. Nothing in this is a word, but the constitution, nothing. There's no buts in the constitution. If you're a gun owner and you find yourself saying, but you need to question your commitment to the second amendment. Yes. Don't be a, but don't be a but. There's no but in the Second Amendment. I love it. All right. Well, we've got to wrap. Dave, thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for the time that you've spent with us this morning. Tell folks how they can get involved and and start following the awesome work that you're doing. Uh, it's all starts and ends with the website. You can join there. You can pick up the alerts system there. You can check our bill tracking page, see what's going on with the legislature. There's all kinds of good stuff there, azcdl.org. And so, you know, go there. You know, we'll answer any questions you have. We've got a little chat bot. Our emails are there. So, you know, by all means, start there. And it's a very beautiful, recently updated website, easy to use. So thank you for for doing that and making it more user-friendly. Dave, thanks for being on the show today. And thanks for being a speaker at the rally on the 20th at the Arizona State Capitol. We appreciate what you do for us. And thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye, Dave. Take care. You know what? I got all fired up. Did you? Well, yeah. And you know what? My two grandbabies, one is six and one is going to be two. two. Yeah. I'm going to sign them up at the rally. (laughs) I'm going to, if he'll allow me to do it, I'm going to sign up. You know why? You know, I don't know if there's an age limit. We, We have to, people, we have to. We have to stand up. And the membership is nothing. Well, here's it's the not thing, even it's much so, of the dinner. And it's so true. And so often we don't know well, what does stand up mean? What does speak up mean? How do how do I do that? What are the logistics of it? What is it that I'm saying? Um, that's why organizations like the AZCDL are so important because they have done a lot of the work for it for us. They've given us an incredible tool in their website to educate ourselves. Uh, an incredible tool with the the email alerts to be on top of what's really happening and not just some soundbite off of some news station somewhere or some politician's speech, but what's actually happening. So uh, it is important to um, to be involved in things like that. I have one other thing to say about all this. Okay. okay so if you're that guy that's sitting on his sofa, you have your wife reload all your ammo. You have the kids load the magazines and you're just a lazy sitting on the couch watching TV, waiting for everything to be done. Send the money to the ADCL, AZCDL. You know, here's the thing. You don't have to do anything, but if you'll spend the money, I think it's $25, $35. I, I know it's not very much. To become a member, you'll be another counted number of their membership. 
And when he goes to the state and says, we've got X amount of members, could you imagine if just 50% of Arizona gun owners did this? And they said, we've got two, three million mm -hmm. memberships. Listen to what we're saying to you. You didn't have to do nothing but sign this membership card. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Come on. I, <laughs> were it, you about to say come on man come, no i oh my gosh no <laughs> that's that's not but favorite. really seriously it's 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 so simple if you just look at that now of course you should be more active you know you should be more active but if you start can't somewhere start if you, you can't start. just send the 25 or 35 dollars whatever yeah. the membership is and at least be a voice absolutely please absolutely uh you know what Dan is not always right, but when he is, he's right about this. And I'm never right, believe me. But no, <laughs> seriously, you think about this and it's just like, it just burns me up. How do we have that many gun owners in Arizona and we became a blue state? Yeah, well, the second amendment isn't the top of mind. This is my lane for people just because they have- If you're a gun owner, you should be the top of your lane. A gun. Right. But yes, I think that you, you are right. It, you might want to rethink that because if they start chipping away a right that vital, then the other things that you care about that caused you to vote for whoever it was you voted for, uh, they, they're going to, you know, are they going to be reliable on those things if they don't even care about what they took an oath to protect and preserve? All right. We oh, got to get out yes. of here. Okay. We got to get out Danny's been fired oh, up today. Am. Dave, thank you very much for being a guest with us today and waking my up, waking me up. Yeah. Of the AZCDL. Thank you to our awesome listeners all over the globe. The entire yeah. world, people are listening because they, they want to know about these things. And there's a lot of places that, that wish that they had right, the right. freedoms. There are people in other states that are sending money to Arizona to just make sure they don't end up in the same condition. We don't end up in the same shape they're in. As Dave said, I mean, where else are you going to go? If, right. if you left Arizona and you want your Second Amendment rights, what other states? We've been voted, Arizona's been voted as number one in freedom for, for gun rights and good gun uh, rights and laws by Guns and Ammo Magazine for I don't know. I've lost track how many years in a row. And that is because we do have at least 18,000 people paying attention through the AZCDL and, and right. other organizations. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to listen to any of our uh, past shows, if you want the audio version, audio only version, go to gunfreedomradio.com, click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content. If you want to watch it, we are on OpsLens, which is a smartphone app. We are on YouTube and GunStreamer. And I'm sure other locations out there, but those are just some of the ideas if you want to see the video of the this show and all of our shows. So we thank you so much for spending time with us. You could be doing anything and you spend time with us. That's invaluable. All right. Well, until next time, what do we want people to do, Dan? Join the Arizona Civil Citizens, Citizens Defense. Defense League. The AZCDL. What else do we want them to do? Oh, we want to pray for a nation. Absolutely. How about the people that have been put in positions of power? Yes, we need to pray for them. Absolutely. What if we don't really like them very much? <laughs> Silence. Crickets. Pray for them.
pray for them. Maybe even especially the yes, ones we actually that we really do like very much. Let's pray for them as well. Guys, be good to each other. Guys and ladies, be good to each other. Have a great week and God bless. Bye-bye.